It don't matter what I try I just can't win and I don't know why There's a fork in every road I pick the wrong one and then I go American loser, yes I am Disenfranchised from everything well, I fall up and I fall down Day I was born. Yeah, hello everybody. Welcome back to another episode of American Loser. Uh, it is the podcast that puts the spotlight firmly on second place, bringing you the weirdest stories in American history. I'm your host, KP Burke. With me as always, my Delph of a dad. How are you, dad? Yeah, we're just doing great, Kev. We're just doing great. And uh, per my mother's request, please stop DMing my dad, ladies. All right, it's not... <laughs> he I understand. It's He's got the voice. That's the problem. That's what seems to be uh, firing everybody up. But uh, real quick, some returning guests in studio, LP. Absolutely. What a... What a... <laughs> Absolute pleasure to have these two lovely young creatures here. in our in our midst creatures. here today. Creatures, <laughs> ladies, spoken creatures. like a true godfather. There you go. I was going to say one yeah. of uh, one of your two favorite goddaughters is here today, Dad. You want to explain one that of one? two? One oh, of I thought two. it was the favorite. There's, <laughs> yeah. Well, she's here with us right now, I'm so she's got to be the favorite. I'm yeah, the first. but Jen's the first. a Patreon member, so we got to be careful here. Let's not upset <laughs> the apple in the cart, whatnot. But yeah, we have. Uh, mm, uh, Let's, let's not do last names for the protection in this I, all right, 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 I'm right. a public servant, after changed. all. <laughs> the names have been changed to protect the guilty. Cousins Megan and Maggie joining the show. Yeah. Thank you, ladies, both for coming back on. I appreciate you. Oh, it's always and, uh, fun. We're trying to hang on to Mags as long as we can here before she returns to uh, scholastic activities uh, in an undisclosed location. Yeah. Right. For at least two weeks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so they can get my money. Exactly. Stand by for future yeah. developments. Hopefully yeah. they're positive and not negative and uh, also behind the ones and twos uh guys uh unfortunate news kahuna died in gang violence again that's the third time <laughs> this year um, right. we lost him it was uh all you have to know is if you're going to wear gang colors don't wear them on sesame street kahuna went down in a hail of gunfire for uh wearing blue <laughs> near oscar the grouch right so, um Ming Chen, how are you? What's sir? up, everybody? I, like, I told him, do not flash gang signs around Big Bird, and he will not. <laughs> Can I just say, did you hear the story in the news that a worker at Sesame Street got punched in the face by a 17-year-old worker who requested someone wear a mask, and the people broke his nose? I shouldn't laugh, but like, what? Yeah, that, that's actually what happened to Kahuna. Was that Kahuna? So, yeah, yeah, Kahuna. yeah, that was Kahuna. <laughs> but he was well, flashing he is 17. gang signs. Well, Cahoon is one of those guys who looks like he's 17 or 35. We can't tell. That's so true. It's right down the middle. <laughs> uh, and Ming, what are we drinking this morning, actually? Uh, you guys are drinking this morning. Uh, this is uh, afternoon. This is a strawberry cider made by the Beach Bee Meadery of Long Branch, New Jersey. Uh, they make meads. They make ciders. Uh, they're amazing. And we happen to have it on tap here. It is good. I recommend that and Ross Brewing IPA, which uh, I need everyone to drink because it's my only income now. <laughs> <laughs> is that the Red Bank Brewery? It is. I was there last night. I was supporting. Holy I didn't even hell. know it. There you go. This is getting. There you go. That's a. Is that a loserception already? We just hit one of these. In Jersey. In Jersey. Oh my god. I'm excited actually because uh, uh, this one's going to be cool. So we have uh, we've asked the question before. Mags, off the top of your head, no pressure. Mm -hmm. You're a college student. You're the future of America. It's all depending on you. Okay. Zero pressure. Um, how many presidents were assassinated? 
I was going to say four. Four. No. I was She's in between correct. three and four. Thanks, Mom, for flashing. Yeah. Her mom bailed her out, so it's four. Okay, I'll Once tell you again, what. Just off the top out. of your head, how, yeah. how far? No one gets them all right, so okay. get legit zero pressure there, but how far into it can you go? Um, JFK. Got it. Uh, oh, who was... Um, oh, no. That might be it. Top hat. Oh, Abraham Lincoln. Got it. Boom. Uh, We're halfway there. <laughs> Living on a prayer. We Ronald got this. Reagan or no? He, he got shot, but he lived. Shot, but lived. Okay. Yep. Um, Truman? No. Yeah, that's a partial. No, you got that partial. So yeah. we got four yeah. and a half. So he's a half. Yeah. So there's. <laughs> yeah. um, She's changing the answers. To that's right. That's right. To modify the. I don't know. I think that's all. I'll I know. tell you what. The other one is going to be uh, William McKinley, who he gets assassinated and then puts TR that's... in office. By the way, shout out to Pat Dowden, the uh, fantastic artist and Coast Guard veteran who sent us that uh, awesome drawing of TR. Also yeah, says, don't so fuck much. with TR, too. Absolutely, yep. absolutely awesome, TR. <laughs> so McKinley gets assassinated. That puts TR into office. And then the last one is uh, uh, the second episode of this very show, of which uh, your Aunt Kelly was the guest. We uh. covered um, the assassination of James Garfield Oh yeah, uh, by yeah, Charles yeah. J. Gateau. So that's the four right there. But the first one is the guy, as you know, your mom just said, uh, Top Hat guy. Right? Yeah. <laughs> Abraham Lincoln. Big hit, big hit. He gets killed. This sets this bizarre precedent here that's almost never been heard of before. And we're going to cover that a little bit today. But we're Can gonna I just tell it. you a funny, Danny A? Of course. Oh so we go down to D.C. He's maybe four and we go to Ford's Theater <laughs> and, we go no, across, and we go across the street to the house, you know, the bed Lincoln died in. So when we're leaving, I'm like recapping. So what do you think of today? And, he's, and he goes, Abraham Lincoln got shot. And he said, Oh man, right in the head, and then he died. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so Lincoln's funny. last words, according to little cousin Danny, are he was like four, probably. Yeah, oh man, right in the head. <laughs> Headshot. Headshot. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Well, we're excited because we're going to cover uh, a little bit on the Lincoln assassination, but we're going to mm -hmm. tell it through the the eyes of uh, one of the uh, unsung losers of American history here, Miss uh, Mary Surratt. Okay, she's pretty much fascinating because we're a very progressive show. I don't know if you ladies know this, but we here uh, were, you know, I, I guess we're very progressive, right? Absolutely, there, fair to say? absolutely. And we want you guys to know: it doesn't matter what gender you are, what your background is, you too can be executed by the United States <laughs> government. She was the first, the so, first so, equal right. opportunity oppressor. Yeah. You hear that patriarchy? This brave woman stood up and said, "No, I'm going to be the first woman." Yeah. <laughs> That's right. Uh, but it is a. a it's a tough story, all right, but it's a good one here, and I'm I'm very excited. So, uh, without further ado, guys, uh, welcome to Mary Surratt, American Loser. It's uh, is it fair to say that it's not what you know, it's who you know? Yes. Yeah. I think uh, Mary seems to know a lot of interesting people. Her life, um, for those uh, I know, um, I know your mom and I both watch daytime TV. Mm -hmm. uh, so there's um, part of Mary's early life is a little. Little House in the Prairie type kind of a vibe, she right? She watches that every single day. I do. Mm -hmm. Well, I know they, su they survive all their pandemics. It gives me hope. At <laughs> 4 o'clock. 4 o'clock, you come to the living room. It's like black and white Little House on the Prairie. Yeah, She's sitting on the couch. It's it. eerie how similar that is because uh, my mom watches Highway to Heaven. And uh, that is uh, also a Michael Landon vehicle. Yes. And, uh, <laughs> Followed by Little House on the Prairie. Prairie. It, it is. <laughs> But uh, Mary's life has a little bit of that early on going on. And then uh, there's other parts of her life that almost has a Lifetime original movie where it's like her trying to overcome this uh, – uh, what we're going to find to be an abusive husband, right? And then unfortunately, there's that big thing where she is the Snapple fact, as uh, Megan just said, the first woman to ever be executed mm -hmm. by the United States government, all right? 
And it took about 100 years. So uh, she was definitely a trailblazer in this regard. But uh, Equal rights all the way. Yeah. <laughs> unfortunately, it's weird, though, because as we get into the trial, there's, there's definitely – this is like kind of a common thing for us with Loser. You find people that like, yeah, all right, they screwed up. They, they, they aren't necessarily a good person. They definitely did something wrong. But it's how far the punishment goes yeah. that kind of throws people in a certain direction. So we saw that with Sacco and Vanzetti. We saw that with a couple other people we've covered here. Um, but this woman, I don't know how, Dad, but we're going to have to explain how this uh, poor little old woman, this mother of three from Maryland, uh, somehow winds up getting a military tribunal in which she is then hung to death with three other conspirators in the assassination. She is the uh, ultimate case of not my boy biting you in the ass. <laughs> <laughs> right? Pretty much. Foreshadowing. Man. Denied, Pretty denied. much. Denied. Yeah, not my boy. <laughs> uh, but we got to figure out how this little old lady's going to wind up uh, sitting there and then getting hung to death on July 7th, 1865, publicly hung in uh, Washington, D.C., with uh, four other conspirators, the names of these three other, other conspirators. conspirators. Well, three, four in total were hung, I right. apologize. There you go. We always know math wasn't my strong suit. I'm just trying <laughs> to keep you honest, Kev. It's weird, yeah. You can be in all the AP history programs you know. If you get yelled at by your teacher for knowing too much, you can also go to summer school for Algebra 1A. I've proven it. <laughs> so, um, four conspirators in total. Lewis Powell, David Harold, George Azerot, and Mary Surratt. Uh if we were to reenact this one, George Azeroth would be the character played by Kahuna. You'll see why in a minute. <laughs> so the question is, uh, now that we know the who, the question becomes the how, as in how does this innkeeper, mother of three, wind up uh, with the assassination of arguably the most popular president of all time in retrospect? At the time, he was a pretty controversial guy. Um, here with the zeitgeist, which means spirit of the times in German, Larry Burke. Yeah, the spirit of the times. So, well, the spirit of the times is we're um, at the close. It hasn't completely ended yet, but we're at the tail end of the uh, American Civil War. Um, you know, that started in 1861. We're now up to 1865. So, for the past four years, the United States has been going through this civil war. I want to ask one question while we're doing just just because we have a guest here who has okay. some interesting knowledge on this. Okay. So you don't God. have to say where you go to school, but <laughs> okay. it's it's somewhere. Let's say you've driven past Richmond, Virginia before, right? No, that's on the other side. Okay, but you've but, driven around yeah. Virginia, so yeah. been in that yeah. neck of the woods. You know when yeah. you're on 95 and you're going down past DC, yes, and then all of a sudden, about two hours later, you're around the Richmond area, yeah, right. Now imagine those are the two capitals of two different countries at war with each other. Oh God, that yeah. is your your Palestine and Israel yeah. kind of a vibe. So right. that's we try to give a little bit of the idea that um, we weren't one big uh, happy family at this time. There's no, no, we're, a lot of again, ideas going on. Where we're at, in the middle of uh, killing one another, that you have the a capital in the north, uh, which was Washington, D.C. You have the capital in the south, which was Richmond, Virginia. And, you know, basically, primarily, they're separated by the Potomac River. And, uh, you know, one side is uh, fighting the, the other side. And by uh, 1865, I mean, it's estimated that the population of the United States is probably about 31 million. Uh, right now, we're 10 times that. Yeah. So just to try to put it in perspective to give us a little better idea, um, Civil War deaths have always been uh, put it somewhere around 620,000. Now, that's a big number. 
but more recently through additional research and stuff, they're probably up in that to somewhere around 750,000. Now, 750,000 deaths, whether it's either battlefield deaths or by disease or whatever, uh, that's pretty much for every one in 10 um, white males who are eligible for military service are no longer with us. One in 10. So to say that... Do you know how much more seating there'd be at Burkefest every year? Like, <laughs> think about that. You can get a place no at me, the big, no Liam, no. You can get a place at the big table and not Literally, the kids' table. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Do you want to throw that weird stat in you found out about the the some of the, the physical characteristics of the Union soldiers? I thought that was pretty interesting. Oh yeah, that was uh, the, the typical soldier at the time was probably about five foot eight. And like 160 pounds or something. It was real slight. I mean, we certainly have uh, gotten a little bigger yeah. <laughs> in the course of history. But Do you uh, think it's because we don't have to live off of biscuits anymore? Yeah. <laughs> it has a lot to do with yeah, it. Yeah, right. Were they doing <laughs> keto back in the <laughs> Was the Army of the Potomac? <laughs> Absolutely. Um, so, I mean, that's where we're up. And, and with, uh, with uh, Mary Surratt, she's, she's lived through these times. Um, her husband uh, is dead. Um, she inherited a an inn uh, in what became known as Surrattville. Right, in she Maryland. inherited a lot of things, and then mm-hmm. she, right? Like she also inherited this uh, boarding house in Washington D.C. So she um, she does fall upon hard times, if you will, with her husband dying and everything else. She rents or or leases the the uh, the tavern in Surrattville in, in Maryland and then uh, moves into uh, Washington, D.C. in like 1864, I think, and she opens up this boarding house uh, trying to make ends meet um, with the boarding house and, and the rental income from the, the tavern that she previously uh, Airbnb. Yeah. Airbnb. Airbnb. <laughs> at home. <laughs> That's right. Um Prior no. to this, by the way, just just to, to give one other jump in here is uh, Mary's maiden name was Jenkins. Okay, um, and she owned Point Pleasant Boardwalk. That's yeah, the yeah, Jersey connection. There you go. <laughs> now, shockingly enough, this was not hard to find Jersey connections for this one. Sometimes we really have to shoehorn them in, but uh, LP found some good <laughs> shit too. But Jenks, uh, yeah, we hope you're doing okay out there, Jenks. But um, her life's interesting. I actually went down a weird rabbit hole in learning this. Uh, Maryland. Uh, was a Catholic stronghold, uh, like from early on, mm-hmm. like the early colonists. So that's why they call it Maryland. It was named after. Oh, I didn't know Maria, I believe. But she yeah. converted to Catholicism. Yeah. So she uh, she goes with. Um, it was it was probably like turning vegan when you hang out with vegans. <laughs> but I think she was a pretty holy roller. Yeah, it, she became yeah. one for sure. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was reported that even after she opened the boarding house uh, in D.C. that she went to mass every day and she was a, a devout Catholic, if you will. And Maryland definitely was a uh, the uh, the center of Catholicism no, and if she, you will, um, in the United sold States. properties to keep her kids in, <clears throat> excuse me, in the Catholic schools. Mm-hmm. And right. I did my homework. There you go. Yeah. You, you, go uh, you know what his family members always do? They never, you know, and then we always used to shit on Ken Krantz, but he actually came in with some knowledge, too, last week. So maybe my comedian friends are starting to. Yeah, you know, even out a little bit. But we know it's going to haunt us on Christmas Eve if we do. <laughs> yeah, if you have a bad episode. We'll come back at you. Yeah, yeah the first Catholic uh, cathedral was in, in Baltimore, Maryland. So, uh, oh, I did not know you know, that. Maryland was definitely the, the hotbed of Catholicism, if you will. 
Well, uh, now she winds up. It, it's weird because uh, she's very lucky and then also extremely unlucky, if that makes any sense. So the, the guy she winds up marrying is uh, John Surratt. All right, John's a bit of a wild card, a, a, a drunk and uh, later ill-tempered kind of a guy. Not really a great dude. Um, and he was actually the adopted son. And my father will tell you, adoption does not work, guys. No, no, <laughs> adoption is it's a crapshoot, right? From, there's no right lemon from laws. The right. There's no lemon laws and there's no return policy. So um, uh, it gets interesting with that stuff. But uh, he's actually the adopted son into a... a pretty well-respected Maryland family, right? They seem to own a bunch of stuff. They have a, it's the, the Neal family, N-E-A, yeah, N-E-A-L-E. And uh, he and Mary wind up uh, getting married when she's just 19. Um, he's, I think, 26 at the time. Yep. So that's uh, that's like marrying a, a professor or something like that at this point. It, it's just, you know, the, the age difference, I guess it was, is it weirder then or weirder now? I don't even know. I think weirder then. I think now, because then... Well, no, if you look at it, though, like, it's, like, 20 and, like, 40 or something. Not not even that big of a gap. But, like, it's really not. It's, like, being, yeah. like, seven years older. But then, what, didn't her parents die and she moved in with her aunt? And then that's how she ended up finding Catholicism. So, someone to take care of you. Back then, women didn't have jobs. That's and, true. And you needed your sugar daddy. Not yeah. that one isn't nice today. <laughs> I'm still looking for mine. It's a uh, <laughs> kidding. Hey, I know that guy. Uh, <laughs> now he, I'll keep him. That's he's a, he's yeah, a, he's a keeper. One. He's a good one. I would say the one you got is a keeper. Yeah, I'll keep him. Well, uh, I guess Mary started off pretty good and then kind of went south as it went on because the guy's a, a bit of a booze bag. They say he even potentially fathered a child out of wedlock with somebody else too. Yeah. Oh, God. Um, but uh, known to booze heavy and uh, often fails to pay debts, even though he's really good on capitalizing on some good investments because his family owned a lot of land. So um, anyway, uh, at one point he has this terrible idea to start a podcast with his dad. And, uh, <laughs> it's all downhill kinda, yeah, there. you go. A lot of money went into that one. But uh, he and Mary wind up having uh, – and she does convert. You're right, Megs. Uh, she was, I think, Episcopalian or something early on and then converts to Catholicism and it was like – devotee catholicism yeah. so she's she's hardcore um but uh they have three kids uh isaac who would go on to join the confederacy right uh anna who was uh you know her, her daughter who uh, uh obviously outlived her we gave away the ending of mary's story here yeah. right. and uh, yeah. she dies in the end <laughs> a little tarantino vibe here today yeah. um and then john jr who would go on to become a confederate courier which is like pretty much a spy um so in 1851, the farmhouse that the family is now inhabiting uh, burns to the ground. Uh, some people suggest it was an escaped slave that burnt the house down. I don't know if you guys know this, but most of the time, the slaves that were kept back then, unwilling. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> it wasn't the pretty picture that might have been Three painted. squares and they weren't happy? Yeah, That's really. What the hell? <laughs> Um, but yeah, so they assume that's what happened. Mary then takes the kids and uh, moves in with a cousin. Uh, and then this is where uh, John's able to find work on like the railroads and stuff. And he's continuing to move capital around. So like that. We don't know if she was like, oh, well, the house burnt down. So I'm going to take the kids and go live with my cousin. Or if she's like, I got to get away from this fucking dude. Yeah, I bet <laughs> she burnt it down. Yeah. I would. Well, that, I shouldn't say that. <laughs> ooh, that's her. That's her lifetime original movie. Then, right there, it's uh, you know, uh, uh, the, the fire of my heart, the Mary Surratt story, <laughs> burning bed. Yeah. But, yeah. <laughs> but so we don't know what the deal is. Eventually, 
she moves back to the farm property that the the family has and then the husband sells that and then she has to move back and so it's like oh by the way uh you want to live away from me with my kids i'm just going to sell the house that you're living in you have Mm. to come back so uh i don't know maybe it's an amicable thing we really don't know too too much about her this would be where her life would be atypical well not atypical typical um She's kind of a regular regular person around this time frame until this next chapter comes in here. So uh, John's wild background uh, is certainly not helping matters. And uh, she moves back in over here uh, within those two years. Uh, John now buys this property in Washington, D.C., which is a, a townhouse, you said, right, LP? Mm-hmm. So, townhouse, boarding house. It was a townhouse that was converted to a boarding house. But that was really just to make ends meet. So then he settles the family into, you know, you have a good town if like we have a family party every year down the shore. Mm-hmm. Didn't didn't get to happen this year, but um, COVID it is, you know, yeah, we'll be back. Um, so, you know, it's a good party, Ming, when it's called Burkfest. Yeah. So, <laughs> uh, I'm in. Uh, my invite must got lost in the mail. <laughs> certainly invited there. this year. Okay. Come next year. Absolutely. Awesome. I'm in. Also, you're probably going to be my plus one to my sister's wedding. So. Oh, hey. <laughs> That's a high honor. You know, they don't invite everybody, I heard. So Also true. Yeah. She is the meanest girl. Yeah, she is. Yeah. As soon, uh, her wedding pending her release from jail. Yeah. Um, <laughs> But you know it's a good family. A release from jail will not be for good behavior. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know you're in a good family and you know your family's doing things when the town gets named after you, though. Is that fair to say, Dad? Yeah, that's pretty cool. And then uh, um, Papa John Surratt was also the uh, the postmaster of what would become Surrattville. So, I mean, he was, uh, he was a wheeler and dealer. He was also a booze bag, but he was also a, a functioning drunk, apparently, because uh, – he was able to put some some things together. It's like I try to tell you guys. Did I spend 10 years, well, 12, um, <laughs> being a complete drunk all the time? Yes. But if you grade me on a curve for being a drunk. <laughs> You're a good one. I got a lot done, guys. <laughs> um, <laughs> anyway, interestingly enough, uh, so, Max, what do you consider the South? Well, like – I used to consider Virginia the South, but now that I go to school there, and most of the people, at least at my school, are, like, people from Virginia are, like, Virginia Beaches, which is kind of, like, up here. Right. So everyone I know that lives in Virginia is, like, normal, kind of. <laughs> Not that the South isn't normal, but, like, like up here. You hear that, Southern listeners? <laughs> <laughs> I would consider anything, like, below, like, North Carolina. Okay. That's fair. Because even if you look at it, like in sororities which is a stupid thing to explain it to but like in like alabama carolinas like their houses are like huge mansions and ours is literally like a dorm yeah there's uh some antebellum style stuff down there too. yeah yeah so um, it's like oh like the southern sororities but like i wouldn't consider our sororities point. like southern sororities i like that too i i never think of maryland as the south no and we're gonna find out that wasn't the case <laughs> was yeah but back in 1860 that was certainly not the case well, um, they're considered a border state at the time. They were a border state, and that was one of the first things that uh, actually it was interesting that Maryland was kind of divided uh, just as the rest of the country was divided, that there was those who were pro-union and those who were pro-Confederacy within that same state. Uh, the state legislature voted to not to secede, but uh, at the same time, they also enacted some laws saying that, uh, well, uh, we're not going to secede, but we're not going to allow the union to use our railroads, which is ridiculous because, you know, Maryland is so close to Washington, D.C. It surrounds Washington, D.C. that uh, Lincoln 
and immediately once he got into office, says, all right, put, put Maryland under lockdown, that uh, they went unto, under uh, military, uh, uh, military law, if you will, that uh, Maryland is, is staying with the union, whether they like it or not, one way or the other. And, and we tell people this, too, on the show all the time. We talked about it on the car ride down that um, it's uh, people like to sit there and put themselves, they like to have 20th century, or they like to have, um, you know, the current, set of glasses to look into the past and that's not really a fair way to do it it's kind of like a little bit lazy um so people be like oh i would never have fought for the confederacy and it's like you would have fought for them if the union invaded your hometown yeah yeah for sure so these people have if you if you want to put yourself in the the boots on the ground of people in maryland it's like i don't really have any you know i can't even afford a slave but there's also a Red Dawn vibe going on here where the, the commies are parachuting in and we got Patrick Swayze, he's leading a rebellion. You're like, all right, let's 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 hear him out. So, yeah. um, but there's some weird stuff going on. So they're under military occupation, like you said, and Maryland has a bunch of uh, Confederate sympathizers, if you will. They're not really, they're a border state, so they're not gonna, they're gonna provide most of the troops, uh, the official troops from Maryland, I believe, uh, all fight for the Union. No, that was split though. But there's there, also- there were, there were- a lot of people that leave and go fight for someone else. Right, go go fight for the Confederacy. As in Mary's oldest son, who Isaac, who as we're going to get to in the story, uh, he leaves Maryland to go out to Texas to go fight for the Confederacy. So it, it literally is brother versus brother. Yeah. So it's uh, Danny A and Liam could be lining <laughs> up against each other on the firing lines, but uh, the wait till Danny A hits puberty. Yeah, man. I was going to say he'll he'll, <laughs> he'll be. Forced to be reckoned with. Uh, he is now already. Let's be honest. <laughs> no, he's, he's fourteen and like bigger than me now. <laughs> That's my wee little he's boy. He's like five, three, however. He's like buff, not now, buff, but like thick. he's lifting weights too. Yeah, he's got, the, yeah. He's, right. he's got football season hopefully coming. So you gotta uh, we'll see, right, uh, getting ready. We'll, yeah, we'll see what happens. Well, now imagine that. Um, uh, B man and Danny A, which obviously are, are little cousins for those listening at home. Um, now imagine the two of them are both saying, hey, I'm going to join the military. No way, I'm joining the military. Which one are you join? Oh, shit. Yeah. <laughs> right. They wind up, that's literally what's going on. And in Brendan would go out of his way to make sure he would like head on head with Danny, 100%. <laughs> Oh, man. That's literally the, the tape down the middle of the bedroom. Yeah, literally. Uh, uh, a little Gaza Strip. I like what you're yeah. doing there. That's <laughs> yeah, well, that wasn't the case in the Surratt household, though, because uh, nope. I think everybody there was uh, Southern Southern sympathizers, to put it politely. I mean, the one, the oldest son goes off to Texas to fight with the Confederates. The uh, younger son, John Jr., um, although he doesn't sign up to enlist, uh, he... Um, he definitely has Southern sympathies. And uh, after the father dies, uh, John Sr., John Surratt Sr., was the postmaster of Surrattville. And then his son, John Jr., inherits that, that title, that role. And he used that um, as many of the Southern Maryland uh, um, towns did, is that be able to relay messages back and forth from from the South to the North. and spies and the whole network and everything else that he was uh, sending secret messages or even using the u.s mails to send messages through the u.s mail if you want to get tripped out check out how close Surrattville, because you can still see where the house is because it's a historical landmark how mm. close it is to um washington dc is trippy so oh, imagine you're in the um you're in washington dc and you're like there's this insurrection going on uh, about over there, yeah. You know, it, it's a little trippy to think about. It's actually what, is, what we say. It's um, it's right near Andrews Air Force Base. 
So yeah, it's, it's it, Southern Maryland. I mean, the only thing you really have separating you from Virginia, which was solidly Confederate, was the Potomac River. So, um, yeah. Yeah, it's right. It's right by it. It's a short ride. Mags brought it up on uh, Google Maps. Yep, she's so. on it. <laughs> we don't have Kahuna to do now all that stuff. <laughs> now it's called Clinton, though. Yeah, they changed the name to Clinton. Yeah. Um, so here. Well, because they didn't want to name it after uh, uh, anybody that had a negative connotation well, in American yeah. history. Yeah, yeah. Right. So let's see. Right. From... There's not too many towns, uh, Benedict Arnoldville, either, you know, that. Uh, <laughs> it's it's 24 minutes. 24 minutes. By, so modern 24 minutes. Yeah, so this yeah, is the yeah. perfect 13 miles. Oh, man. It's. Uh, well, in, uh, like you said, Dad, we've kind of set it up that Surrattville is an interesting place here. Uh, and then in 1862, John Surratt, Mary's uh, ne'er-do-well husband, dies of a stroke. What happens when you booze every day? Yeah, that'll do it to you. Yeah, and it's uh, that's why I quit boozing. But, I mean, I'll, I'm going to start again. We know that. <laughs> Just take uh, a baby aspirin. You'll be okay. <laughs> um, now, here's the problem. Poor Mary, who's had a pretty rough life in certain regards, but also, like you said, her husband was able to you know, pull off some pretty amazing things, now gets saddled with all of her husband's debts. So that's a lot of um, it's a lot of money. We'll put it that way. Her son gets dismissed as the postmaster. Um, shortly after him holding that position, he gets disbarred for uh, disloyalty. Okay. Now there's an interesting guy in here uh, uh, who served in the Union Army named Lafayette Baker. Okay. He quickly uh, he came in. He's like an investigator kind of a thing, and he's one of the guys that gets sent down to take a look at uh, Surrattville, if you will because they're trying to figure out what's the safe haven that the Surratts and the other people in the town are creating for Confederate spies. And, uh, you know, the same way that in the American Revolution, there were uh, Patriot taverns, if you will. You could go into and talk a little like, you know, hang yeah. out with Sam Adams and the boys. Um, the same thing's going on now with the Confederates where it's like, oh, we're going to go to which bar do you want to go to? Tonight? I don't know. You want to go to a club and go dancing or do you want to talk about overthrowing the federal government? <laughs> I know a place for both. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so that's what's going on in Surrattville here. And this guy Lafayette Baker comes in and he's kind of doing uh, he's doing investigations, maybe uh, uh, grilling people a little bit too hard. He clearly knows that the Surratt family and the people in the town are up to some shit, but he can't prove anything. So because he's held back by the letter of the law. All he can really do is say, oh, yeah, and you're not the postmaster anymore. And unfortunately, that also screws Mary over because that position came with some money. So now she's got all this debt and now her son just got, quote, fired. Yeah. So and the eldest son, Isaac, runs off. They can't maintain the farm. They wind up selling a bunch of stuff over here. Pick, pick up where I left off, LP. Yeah, well, this is uh, 1862 at this point. So, I mean, in 1861, the war starts now a year later. Uh, things are uh, not going well for the Surratt family. The old man dies. Um, their source of income, if you will, is uh, diminished. Uh, we're in, in the middle of a war type of a thing. And it's not any great mystery that um, the Surratts were Southern sympathizers when, you're, when your oldest son goes off to, <laughs> to fight for the Confederates. And, you know, that it wasn't like and nobody was saying anything negative against the federal government um, prior to the war. So once the shooting starts... You know, people uh, had suspicions, if you will, as to what was said prior to the the shooting start. So, I mean, uh, they were under suspicion. Um, the uh, Mary takes the family and now moves into D.C. Uh, on a permanent basis. Um, well, the family, the oldest son is in Texas. Uh, the, the daughter goes with Mary to um, 
to D.C. to help run this townhouse that they converted into a boarding house. Um, still standing, by the way, the building. Still standing. Mm-hmm. If I can, just because yeah, I want. Ju- I, yeah, I, jump in on it. That was pretty funny. I, I can't believe this is real. Uh, the address is 604H Street Northwest, um, which is now in the Chinatown section of Washington, D.C., and is now an a- Asian restaurant and karaoke bar. It is for real. <laughs> we need to go there. So, when COVID is over, we are yeah, about absolutely. to road trip. We can go sing karaoke and, uh, you know. <laughs> It'd and be have great. some pot stickers or whatever. <laughs> Here's to you, pot Mary Surratt. Yeah. Here's to you. We're singing that. Um, one guest of the inn, by the way, I thought this was uh, worth noting because uh, there was some debate, by the way, as to how much dire straits that the family was really in or if this was to help further John Jr.'s espionage career because mm-hmm. now, obviously, you're pissing, uh, you're pissing Mary off, right? Yeah, and, and the tavern in Surratville was leased to somebody who was also a Southern sympathizer. So they're not they're not uh, leaving off a, a safe haven. This off is the a list. Jets bar. You yeah. understand me? <laughs> You're right. And uh, now they're they're just moving further uh, into Washington D.C. itself. So I mean, you're moving it from what'd you say, Max, thirteen miles away? Yeah. To now you're in in the heart of of D.C. I mean, you're literally blocks from. Ford Theater and the White House and a number of different things. Yeah. I mean, you're, you're within walking distance of a, a lot of the key locations within uh, within D.C. And uh, the same way that when I scroll through the uh, Craigslist roommates stuff, whenever I want to look into <laughs> moving to uh, – anytime I have a wild hair on my ass to move to New York City, Don't I start scrolling it. through it and I'll see something in Brooklyn like um, – uh, uh, no straight white males. I've seen that one before. Um, must like cats. Yeah, uh, must be. Yeah, uh, we do not allow meat eating in our oh apartment. God. It's like all this weird, crazy shit. And you're like, are these people like this? Well, back in the day. I'm so rude. No straight white males, but no meat eating. That doesn't go together. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Well, oddly enough. In front of uh, my daughter. That's yeah, <laughs> quiet over there. <laughs> Um, oddly enough, um, it kind of fascinated me here that when I put that thought into my head, I was like, uh, you know, it's weird how back in the day people just wanted any sort of border. They could just try to get the money off of them. But uh, Mary Surratt wanted to only deal with Confederate sympathizers or people that could be vouched for by people she knew. So interestingly enough, the border start to uh, uh, come uh, – there's a lot of regulars, and we're going to mention a couple names here for those with, uh, uh, you know, good uh, – Good memories. We'll already kind of remember some of these names. Uh, one guest was actually a friend of John Jr.'s from his seminary days. So as you said, Meg, they went to parochial schools, mm-hmm. right? And originally John Jr. was going to become uh, a priest. Now, Maggie, tell me mm-hmm. where you think the weird left turn happens uh, from the priesthood uh, to becoming a Confederate spy. Yeah, that's... It's a, it's a change of majors, yeah. at least. Is yeah. That? Yeah. <laughs> too many change altar boy views. serving. Yeah. Yeah. Too, yeah. too many yeah. other or, encounters. Other encounters. Good, good, ambiguous way of saying the guy went out on one date and he goes, I can't give this up. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, um, interestingly enough, this guy shows up uh, from John Jr.'s seminary days. He was a buddy of his. Uh, both of these men were going to enter the priesthood and then they both left. Interestingly enough, uh, this guy's name is Louis Weichman, right? He goes on to serve uh, – he had a government job. I forget what it was, but he was definitely uh, at least on the payroll of the Union Army. Is that fair to say, Dad? Yeah, and uh, 
all of this now, we're, we're just to put the timeline to this, we're now like in 1864. So Lincoln ran for his second term and wins in a landslide victory, which uh, now escalates things. At, at this particular point, too, by 1864, things are not going real well for the Confederates mm -hmm. um, as far as the war. Early on, the first part of the war, things were going pretty well for the for the Confederates, but now at this particular point, the tide has turned, and uh, we're uh, post Gettysburg, and things. The Confederacy is on a downslide at this particular point. So, it's. I just found it kind of interesting that um, this guy now moves into the boarding house in in 1864, in late fall of of 64. Well, uh, then another guy is going to show up at the boarding house here right around Christmas time. Uh, he moves in in. Uh so Weishman moves in in November 64, and just before Christmas of that year, literally days before Christmas, a uh, guy by the name of Dr. Samuel Mudd would uh, introduce John Jr. to a man with a plot to kidnap President Lincoln. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that man's name is John Wilkes Booth. Have you guys heard of him? Dun, yeah. dun, dun. Yeah. Dun, 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 dun. Um, LP, uh, a brief summarization. Everyone yeah. knows the name, but I don't think they know the whole deal. My my go-to example is uh, imagine George Clooney trying to kidnap Trump. That's kind of the closest thing I can come up <laughs> yeah, with. Yeah, that's, that's pretty accurate, though, actually, because uh, um, John Wilkes Booth was a very famous uh, Shakespearean, for the most part, Shakespearean actor. Um, he is um, from a large family. I think he's got... Uh, oh, maybe it's a Baldwin. Maybe that's really what we should go <laughs> yeah, with. Yeah, there you go. Because yeah. he's a good-looking guy, too. He's a good-looking right? guy. He is like the heartthrob of a lot of the female uh, theater goes. And again, now, to go to the theater is like going to the movies or watching some <laughs> Netflix thing or something of the time. I mean, that was your source of entertainment. Um, he is... Uh, at one time, fairly well off, he makes a couple of failed business ventures, so which leaves him um, not in such great financial shape as he had been. But you know, he's a well-paid, uh, highly uh, um, publicized actor. Everybody kind of recognizes this guy. Uh, he's going up and down, and then even at the start of the of the war, he is appearing in both North and South. Um, theater ventures. He's traveling around. Um, he's all over the map. He, he's he's big time uh, for sure. The George Clooney thing is uh, pretty accurate too in that there's a lot of females that are interested in, in, in this guy. He's athletic. Um, he's dynamic. He's, you know, he's it. He's, uh, he's the big time. Do you know, so they wanted to kidnap him. Do you know what they, did they have a plan what they were yeah, going to do? Yeah, we'll that, give that, you Lincoln for all the slaves. Like what was the, like what was the like point of it? Yeah, it was essentially the plot of the movie uh, uh, Celtic Pride with Dan Aykroyd. Um, but <laughs> <laughs> um, well, uh, you know the plot, right, Dad? Do you want to break that down? Well, yeah. That, that again. Now Great. there was always interest in um, you know of, of, of the South winning against the North, or at least being recognized as as a separate country. Um, so that that's pretty much obvious. Lincoln um, was a demagogue too, because as soon as he got elected, 
it was the idea that he was running scared the shit out of the South. And the idea that he got elected, they were like, all right, it happened. It was like a bolt of lightning, boom, and everything's yeah. happening all of a sudden. I mean, because the country was leading up to this whole, you know, slavery, anti-slavery or abolitionist type of a thing. And, you know, there was already people that were shooting at one another over the whole slavery issue out in, in Kansas and Missouri and, and elsewhere as the various states started to come into the Union. And those um, are the polite states. And those, were, <laughs> those were the polite states um, that, uh, you know, so things were definitely heating up. And then eventually, once Lincoln is elected president in 1860, I mean, that was it. That was it. The South was saying, well, screw this, we're out of here. Because Lincoln ran on a platform of, of anti-slavery. Um, so that was the... Uh, the uh, the spark, if you will, that started this this whole thing. That you know, the, the the many of the southern states at that point, once Lincoln was elected, hey, we're out of here. We're going to form our own country. And um, uh, John Wilkes Booth was an avid uh, um, for the for the Confederacy, and there was a whole lot of sibling rivalry rivalry within the Booth family as well, that he had an older brother who was also a very well-respected, very sought-after actor um, in his own right. And, um, you know, he was very much pro-union. So that whole brother against brother mm -hmm. thing really continued throughout with, with all of that. But um, John Wilkes Booth hatches this plan that he's going to kidnap Lincoln. And um, the idea was that they were going to kidnap Lincoln bring him across the Potomac River, get him into Virginia, and then hold him ransom that, um, all right, you want Lincoln back? Give us all the uh, Confederate prisoners of war that you have collected now over the past couple of years um, to, to be the turning point or just to outright recognize us as a separate country. Yeah. Because that, that was the intention. And they actually tried to do that a couple of times. Um, you know, this wasn't the first attempt on uh, on Lincoln's life. There had been five very significant attempts on Lincoln's life. Actually, there was an attempt on Lincoln's life even before he became president. He's elected, and while he's traveling to D.C. to take the oath of office, that is his first inauguration, there was an attempt on his life going through where? But clearly... Baltimore, Maryland. Yeah. So. Clearly, there's no secret service keep yeah. watching or keeping him no, safe. No, there was so no secret service. So how did you rant. foil all your... Tries me. Yeah, it was like, really. We just have to shoot it was really a lot of Damn. the different. A lot of the different attempts on Lincoln's life was simply by dumb luck that this guy managed it. Um, at the time, Lincoln, the Lincoln family, took like a summer residence. It was called the Old Soldiers' Home. That was only three miles outside of Washington D.C., but at least it got them out of the the city. Yeah. And let's face it, Washington D.C. was built on a swamp. So you talk about humidity and heat and everything else. It was it was not a good place to be in the yeah. middle of the summer. So for the summertime, they used to call it like the summer White House was called the old soldier's home. Um, and it was three miles away. So Lincoln could actually ride out to, you know, from the home back to his office in the in the White House and that type of thing. But anyhow, Booth gets wind of this idea that there's going to be a play held at the uh, a hospital. There was a hospital. um a field hospital set up for all the various wounded from all the battles that were being fought during the Civil War. There's a field hospital just outside of the old soldier's home. Booth gets wind that Lincoln is going to attend a play that was being put forth at the old soldier's home. 
and he gathers up all his cronies, all these guys that were pretty much living at uh, Mary Surratt's boarding house. I got a couple of names I want to throw into real quick. So uh, here's the regulars at uh, the yeah, house. Bring in the cast of yeah. characters. It's it's almost got a usual suspects vibe to it where it's Kevin Spacey and Del Toro and uh, all those guys just getting lined up. Uh, it's uh, George Azarot, who is uh, he's my favorite out of all these guys, I would say. You'll find out why. Um, he's such a booze bag that Mary's actually forced to evict him because she knows. I did yeah. She was probably like, I've been down this road before. Yeah, <laughs> get <laughs> right. Next. My husband was a booze yeah, bag. Yeah, You're a booze bag. Yeah, she swiped right. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, no, it's uh, it was interesting. So she uh, uh, she had to kick him out and evict him. Now, uh, a guy by the name of Lewis Powell is hanging out over there, too. She wishes she evicted him. A little foreshadowing. <laughs> 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 right? Right. Dr. Mudd is hanging out all the time. Uh, and then David Harold and, uh, of course, Mary herself. Those names should be familiar to pretty much everybody who's uh, familiar with the start of this episode. And her own son. Yes. John Jr. is uh, getting mm-hmm. regular meetings with these people over here. So um, you want to say what went wrong with the uh, kidnapping plot? Obviously, it didn't work. Anybody? Well, yeah, they were going to they were going to kidnap um, Lincoln with the idea of bringing him back to Virginia and then holding him up for ransom for the exchange of, uh, you know, all the Confederate prisoners. Um, turns out at the last minute, Lincoln decides that he's not going to attend that play, but he's going to go to a reception at the hot- at a hotel in Washington. <laughs> and just, uh, just for a little added twist, that was the same hotel that John Wilkes Booth was staying in. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. It's like, oh, shit. If yeah. I just stayed home oh, that night, no, I would have. Yeah. Right. Finally got him. Um, the uh, the war is not going well. Um, we're now into 1865, and the war is not going well for um, for the South. Things are going on a, on a downslide very quickly. Um Guy, guy, the, that that first attempt at kidnapping uh, Lincoln by Booth and his his you know, mixed bag of, of cronies that was on March seventeenth. That was on St. Patrick's Day mm-hmm. when that whole play at the old soldier at the yeah. But whose plans really go? Uh, you know. St. Patrick's. Yeah. So that was that was March seventeenth, eighteen sixty five. Now on um, let me see at April uh, April first. John Surratt Jr. is reported to be in Richmond. John Surratt Jr. was definitely part of the Confederate secret, well, we'll call it the Secret Service, that mm-hmm. he was uh, he was a spy for them and uh, relaying messages and that kind of stuff. Um, on the 1st, he receives um, $200 in gold, which was big time at that yeah. point, from um, the Secretary of State, of the Confederate States of America, a guy by the name of Benjamin. Um, on April the 2nd, that's known as Evacuation Sunday because Grant is closing in on Richmond. Lee is, is losing. He lost Petersburg, and now they're they're going to uh, take Richmond, which back in the day, if you took somebody's capital, that was game over. Mm-hmm. Um, April like, 2nd. It's like capture the flag. Right, yeah. right yeah. exactly. The uh, April the 2nd. Um, Richmond is evacuated. They call that evacuation Sunday. So all the government officials and everybody else boogie out of Richmond. They're gone. Mm-hmm. Um, April 3rd, Richmond, Richmond is captured. Um, a lot of it was, was burnt. Um, Lincoln actually visits the, the captured capital. But what people fail to realize is that um, on April the 9th, Lee surrenders. 
and Lee surrenders on April the 9th, but that wasn't the end of the war. What do you mean, Larry? Yeah, well, <laughs> there were still other Confederate armies led by other generals other than General Robert E. Lee that were still in the field fighting. So although it's really looking bad, I mean, we just we just uh, captured your, your capital and we just had your, your best general, Robert E. Lee, surrender. It's really not the end of, of the thing. So this is all leading up to and playing on on uh, John Wilkes Booth's head that, like, holy shit, things are really going bad. So hey, we're not gonna we're not gonna kidnap Lincoln. We're gonna kill that son of a bitch. <laughs> that uh, we're gonna assassinate Lincoln. Um, that maybe we can still turn the tide and the Confederates can still make something out of this if we manage to chop off the head of the federal government, of the U.S. government. So Desperate times and desperate measures. Desperate times call for desperate measures. So they hatch this plan that, all right, forget about kidnapping. We're going to kill this guy. Um, It's a pretty good – it's a Godfather 1 ending that they have planned pretty much. and, and stop me when I get anything wrong. I don't think I will here. But um, the original portion of the plot had Mary delivering and picking up some packages, you know, yes. shooting irons um, for the job. The newly concocted plan is a little bit more deadly. Uh, Booth's going to shoot Lincoln. That part went as planned. Ulysses S. Grant, supposed to be with him in the theater that night, could have been interesting because Grant either could have – Grant was a badass. He could have probably – I think Ulysses S. Grant probably could have beat up an actor. All right. I'm just going to go ahead and say that. Um, yeah. But he was not there that night. Um, Azerot had one job to do. Uh, he was going to kill uh, the vice president and loserception icon who got a two-parter himself yeah. in uh, Andrew Johnson. Fun snap effect. Uh, first president to ever be impeached. So um, he had that job, Azerot. And uh, Max, I'll give you one guess what Azerot did instead of his job that night. Drank. Yep. Yeah. yep. Good night. Night. Sorry, guys. Yeah. He got a little boozed up and uh, didn't even show up for his particular oh appointment. So uh, Andrew Johnson is safe on account of alcoholism. Um, <laughs> Lewis Powell, this – I th- there's parts of this story that are unsettling and we laugh at history a little bit because we try to have a good vibe for it with the show. This shit almost happened like a Monty Python sketch, what I'm about to say. Lewis Powell gets an assignment that uh, it's going to be him and Harold. Harold and him are going to ride up on horses in front of the Secretary of State. Uh, Seward was his name, right? Guy Seward. Who wind- yep. Guy who winds up getting Alaska for us, right? Yes. Um, Seward's folly. Yeah, that's in He paid Johnson's two cents a, two cents an acre for uh, for Alaska that's from the Russians, but and everybody <laughs> thought that was a bad deal. But uh, that's a, we're, we're diverging a little bit. Not Keep bad. We're on. Yeah, you're good. I appreciate that. Um, so uh, Seward is the Secretary of State. He's one of the, the big we, – we use the term all the time, big swinging dicks. Uh, so if you want to chop off the head of the snake, there's multiple heads to this snake. So you got to get uh, Lincoln. You got to get Johnson. You got to get Seward. Seward had been injured in a carriage accident. And uh, so what Harold and Powell do, they roll up to the house, right? And Harold is supposed to hang out with his horse and the getaway horse for Powell. Mm-hmm. Powell goes. He goes into the house, uh, says that he has medicine uh, for the, the injured Secretary of State. Right, and then he attempts to shoot the Secretary of State. Misfire on the gun, oh right? Not quite the A team here we're dealing yeah. with. Um, so his gun misfires. Then there's a scuffle between uh, one of the guards, uh, the bodyguards, and him, uh, and he actually manages to stab Seward several times. Right? Yeah, yeah this guy's upstairs on his 
virtually on his deathbed yeah. because he he sustained a, a very near death carriage accident. So he's laid out on the bed, and um, Powell was able to get up the stairs. Um, once went to shoot the bodyguard, the, the gun misfires, so he he clubs him. He pistols <laughs> the guy. Yeah. Right. The son is there. Seward's son is there, and he. Um, is able to get past him, and then he, st- he jumps on the guy, and he starts stabbing him, multiple stab wounds, but Silda's not able to His kill him. His aim is still off. Yeah, <laughs> and then meanwhile, Harold is outside holding the horses. He hears all the commotion, all the screaming and everything else, and he pulls a skedaddle. He takes off because of all the screaming and yelling going on. He's like, I'm on parole. So, that's <laughs> <out of here." laughs> right. right. He's, about, he's the getaway man, and he he takes off with the with the horses. So. So now Powell shows up, right? Uh, you know, he's he's made the stabs. He doesn't know. He hopes maybe he killed Seward. He can't really tell. Yeah. Um, rushes out of there, and as uh, he gets out to his getaway car, uh, Harold's gone with both horses. <laughs> So, yeah, it's shit's getting real bad. Your Uber driver has canceled the ride. (laughs) Um, So, again, not quite the A-team here. Now, during their ensuing escape, the only guys that are going to get out of the city limits are going to be Booth and Harold, right? But they stop to go pick up some packages again, Mm -hmm. uh, which is uh, shooting irons and binoculars from the uh, Surrattville uh, Tavern, right? So. Mary's kind of pretty much implicated at this time. Yeah, well, it was also Mary. Mary met with Booth three times on April fourteenth on the night on the night that uh, Lincoln was killed was was assassinated. Uh, she met with Booth three times, and one of which was to take uh, some packages to the Surrattville Tavern, the shooting irons and such. So mm-hmm. um, they and- knew that as they were going to make their escape, they were going to definitely stop at the Surrattville Tavern to pick up those those necessary packages. And again, that tavern is being run now by a Southern sympathizer that Mary Surratt is leasing the, the tavern mm-hmm. to. And so. there's all sorts of info from that, uh, uh, That what was the guy's name? The uh, investigator, Lafayette, the guy at the union. Yes. Yeah, so yeah. they've got dirt on these people forever. They know what's going on over there, you know? Um, so the DC cops are going to show up. The DC Metro cops too, actually. I thought that was <laughs> worth noting. Uh, show up at the inn looking for Booth and John Jr., John Jr. Uh, is said to have uh, fled to Canada. That's where he winds up. He lives till I think 1910. So John Jr. gets away. He got out of there. Yeah, he goes goes and hangs out up in Canada. Sorry, mom. That's a, <laughs> yeah, bit of an a hole. But yeah. uh, <laughs> uh, now Booth and Harold are making their escape, and the DC uh, they aren't able to get away. Rather, and uh, the DC police find a uh, interestingly enough. Um, I'm trying to think how to phrase this, but. They're going through Mary's room, the D.C. cops mm-hmm. at the, the Surrattsville uh, Tavern here. And uh, they're saying, um, are you involved with uh, the Confederacy at all? And uh, she goes, no. Then why is there a picture of the Confederate president in your room? Um, uh, it's like my Donny Osmond poster. <laughs> God. I just like him a lot. That's right. He's cute. Yeah. Well, it was like when uh, my mom would work out to the L. McPherson swimsuit stuff, uh, and me as a little kid would just sit there on the couch watching the TV. I had no idea what I was. I was three years old, but I knew I liked it. <laughs> um, but uh, Your so, mom's like, what a good boy. He sits here watching yep. me work out. She bragged to her friends, and you just heard my dad go in the background, well, we know what that kid's going to be all about. <laughs> so, um, But now uh, they find this picture, Jefferson Davis. They also find uh, some percussion caps for pistols. They find a couple other things that are incriminating to her. And again, she's already got a little bit of a reputation here. 
Um, and then she is actually being placed uh, under arrest now uh, because it's because it's funny. That's not the way. <laughs> yeah. Guess who shows up knocking on the door of the inn? I'll give you one guess, Max. While the investigators it's, are at the it's house. It's the guy who ran away. Well, Powell's yep. in there? <laughs> yep. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> so this guy shows up and goes, oh, nothing's going right today. At least I made it home. Um, <laughs> knocks on the door. Mary's being arrested. Mary, to her credit, denies knowing him. Powell's in a disguise, right? Yeah, the um, glasses with the mustache. <laughs> it's not the me. Groucho, the Groucho. Yeah, the Groucho. Yeah, yeah. is like two little kids wearing a trench coat standing yeah, on each yeah, other's yeah. shoulders. <laughs> and he goes, oh, I'm a, I'm a ditch digger and my job is to, uh, I have to dig a ditch for Mrs. Surratt tomorrow. And, uh, you know, they're just like, all right, well, that's, this guy's really a well-dressed ditch yeah, digger. Quite nice manicured nails. Yeah, yeah. There's yeah. also blood stains on your shirt. Yeah, yeah. From, a, from you just stabbing the secretary. Yeah, I, I mean, uh, I mean, I'm, I'm, I do a lot of things. It's not just ditch digging, but so then uh, he winds up getting arrested too. So now, um, what an idiot. <laughs> it was, it was pretty great. What an idiot. So Booth and Harold uh, get tracked down as we're wrapping up here. I promise you guys. Um, Booth and Harold uh, get tracked down to the Garrett farmhouse. They're actually able to get out of the city limits, right, Dad? Yeah, Harold and and uh, and Booth both um, get over on the sentry that was posted on the various bridges uh, to escape Washington D.C. They go out into the southern Maryland. And that is a nationwide nationwide manhunt that uh, they're looking for for Booth because it wasn't like he was in disguise or anything. When Booth shot Lincoln, he jumped from the presidential box and landed on the stage, but his foot got caught yes, up yes. in, in, he broke his in broke bunting and, yeah. he, and he broke his uh, left leg when he <laughs> landed like, on the stage. Nothing's going right today. And he had yeah. some Shakespearean uh, uh, quote from from the play that, you know, that's what, that's what happens to tyrants kind of a thing and makes his escape. Fucking actors, man. And yeah. he yeah. Knew, As also an actor in a theater, like, He's like, know wait, you the spotlight's yeah. on me. What am I going to say? Right. Everybody recognized this guy from being the famous yeah. actor and everything else. Yeah. He knew the Ford Theater. Actually, he went to the Ford Theater earlier in the day to pick up his mail. So he was having his mail delivered to the Ford Women Theater. Women were throwing their so, bloomers up on the stage yeah. and they yeah, saw right, him. Right. Well, he made a mistake, too, because then he had his name listed in the program as the assassin, too. So very easy <laughs> oh, to figure God. out. Why the right. assassin, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> If you read the program, uh, street <laughs> theater tonight, substituting. <laughs> uh, um, but yeah, they they were able to uh, escape the city limits, um, which were under guard. We're still in the in the Civil War. The Civil War is still going on here. Just because Lee surrendered did not end it. So you know, we're still no. under military uh, military guard, if you will. They get over them saying, well, I got business in Southern Maryland and that's and I got held up and, you know, I, I got a boogie out to uh, out of town kind of a thing. And that's really one of the leads that they had um, asking where to which way did they go, boys? Well, he told me he was going to Southern Maryland. So they they chased after him uh, looking for him. And uh, then this uh, there was a Dr. Mudd who they visited, who was a suspected Southern sympathizer. He was. He was part of the Confederate um, Secret Service, if you will. Um, he's got a broken leg, so he's in a lot of pain. And he sees uh, this Dr. Mudd on his, on his escape route to try to set his leg. Mudd doesn't want him around because the you know, <laughs> yeah, word yeah. is going out quickly that, uh, hey, John Wilkes Booth just shot President Lincoln. Um, 
So, you know, Lincoln dies on the 15th, and now there's a, a nationwide manhunt. Yeah, he's trending on Twitter for sure. Yeah, <laughs> there's no doubt about that. He's, 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 uh, he's happening all over the place here. So he's trying to make his escape, uh, and they do manage to, uh, to cross over, and I'll, I'll let you take it into the, into the vinyl capture of Booth, or what do cool. you – Yeah, we're, you? we're almost wrapping up here, uh, uh because the story's pretty much done. It kind of ends abruptly uh, for Mary, pun intended. Um, <laughs> but they track down Booth and Harold at the Garrett farmhouse. Uh, they get surrounded by Union troops. Harold surrenders, and he goes, all right, you know, this, uh, the, the, the jig is up. It's over. Right, we're surrounded. Booth announces his intentions to die fighting. Um, oh, God. Troops then set fire to the barn because they want to take John Wilkes Booth alive. That's their standing orders to take him alive. Um and Booth is bouncing around to try to avoid the flames. He's got a pistol on him still. He's hopping. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, <laughs> hopping yeah, around. Leg, yeah. <laughs> and he gets uh, shot and killed uh, by a bullet to the neck, fired by a guy by the name of Sergeant Boston Corbett. Oh, man, right in the neck. Right. And then he died. <laughs> yeah. Well, actually, that paralyzed him because it severed uh, the spinal cord. And uh, that paralyzed him, but didn't kill him right away with that he, pistol He's got shot. some great last words. Yeah. <laughs> Burn a flesh wound. Now uh, both my legs don't work. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. well, Sergeant Corbett actually winds up, I thought this was worth noting too. He uh, gets charges brought against him because he disobeyed orders. They said, we told you not to kill Booth. So he's now in trouble for killing Lincoln's assassin, right? Mm. Um, he then winds up becoming a bit of a national hero, picks up the moniker Lincoln's Avenger. Right, so, Jack Ruby. Yeah, they pretty yeah. much call him Lincoln's event. Yeah. There's very much a Jack Ruby thing. Yeah. Excellent point. Look at me, I know um, stuff. <laughs> well, now he's got like this borderline Captain America vibe going for him where he's uh, the Lincoln Avenger, right? And they wind up dropping the charges against him. Uh, the Secretary of War, Stanton, I think, is the one who drops the official charges against him. So Corbett's now a national hero. He got too popular for um, uh, them to try to arrest him for this. Yeah. <laughs> but again, he shot Booth in the neck and Booth's last words are, Useless. <laughs> Useless. Oh, my God. You know what it is, Ming? This is exactly what I picture. Like, Booth's last words were exactly like the end of every episode of G.I. Joe when Cobra Commander goes, You idiots! <laughs> You're useless! <laughs> yes. Every episode. <laughs> so that's literally his last words. He's dead now. Um, Lincoln's dead, too. But now they round up all the other conspirators. And they're very much alive for now. In custody are, again, names we mentioned earlier, mm -hmm. Harold, Dr. Mudd, Azerot, who, you know, he's probably sobered up by now. Um, Not by choice. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Mr. Powell. Put him uh, in, the, in, the, in the drunk tank. That's, yeah. <laughs> and if, that's the worst hangover ever. Oh, dude. Yeah. I had the craziest night last night. I, I Somewhere between that third and fourth shot of Jägermeister, I might have gotten involved in a conspiracy to kill the president. <laughs> um but they're alive for now, uh, and Mary is actually uh, uh, amongst them as well. She got some cushy prison um, digs going on. Cushy's an interesting word. But, but she got a straw mattress. She did. Yeah. Uh, she was able to have uh, her Catholic priest visited her on the regular. Yeah, right? she wasn't in prison with the other, the other conspirators. Mm -hmm. um, they put her in separate, yeah. separate quarters, if you will. Well, Dr. Mudd actually narrowly escapes swinging at the gallows with the other conspirators, too, because uh, he misses it by one vote. Interesting that one vote is important here, Dad. Military tribunal, not a private uh, citizen's kind of court. You know, yeah, she's that's... not getting her day in court. That's where the loser thing <laughs> Well, but did you read about her womanly problems and she got to not have to go 
to court kind of like can i you know have a pass a, to the nurse at school because i, I have cramps i'm a 32 year old man as soon as i hear women problems i just say whatever you need i'm moving on no, it's, it's cool. it's, i have cramps can i go to the nurse sure no one's fighting that the same thing so she didn't have to sit through a lot of the trial because she had mm -hmm. her problems going on and it was a tribunal too which in 30 seconds or less can we explain why that's different than a, a regular Trump yeah, well, she um, Stanton is the uh, um, Secretary of War. He basically takes over this whole situation. He's the guy that orders the uh, the capture of, of Booth and uh, puts the military on this whole thing. Although when Lincoln dies, Vice President Johnson is now elevated to president, but he's an asshole, um, and I don't know how else to say it. And yeah. he has only been Vice President since March, and now we're in April, so he was only came into office as vice president in March. He's got no idea what's going on. Stanton is the guy that's directing the whole thing. He calls for a military tribunal. We're still in the, in the war. And although Mary is a civilian, somehow or other, he forces that, you know, everybody in the, at least the most everybody in the North is looking for, there's got to be retribution here. There's got to be um, there's got to be somebody's going to have to pay for for killing our president, and um, you know whatever it's going to take, we're gonna we're gonna give you a proper hanging after a proper trial. Um, so they call for a military tribunal. With that, there's I think nine judges. Yes, there's nine judges on a military tribunal. They only have to have a majority of those nine to prove that they're innocent or guilty. Mm -hmm. um, where a civil court. If she was under in a civil trial, then you're going to have a trial by a jury of 12, and it has to be an unanimous decision to execute. And that's when uh, you yeah. can hire Perry Mason. And that's when yeah. you're going to uh -huh. hire Perry Mason. Or Johnny Cochran. Oh, yeah. <laughs> or Sean Howard. Yeah. <laughs> and the glove definitely fits, so they yeah. can't acquit. Yeah, so yeah. Uh, that's that's the whole thing with, with, with that whole thing, with the military tribunal versus a civil court, a civil trial. Um, now, so, of the five, too, that I, I do want to – five of the nine, I should say, because um, they, they pretty much the, – the damning thing in this trial is actually going to be the testimony of uh, Weishman, who is John Jr.'s friend from the seminary that lives in yeah, it. Yeah, he threw mm -hmm. her under the bus big right. time. Pretty much totally yeah, throws her under, threw the, under the, bus. the bus. big time. She's like, all those meals I let you – you know, exactly. Kind of, it, was, yeah. <laughs> right. it was just an act of Christian charity to throw yeah. her under the bus. Yeah, yeah right. He had to but protect the, his the, interests. The judges at the tribunal, though, uh, although they found her Mary uh, guilty, they also asked for clemency from um, now President Johnson. That, right, and he was like, I didn't never saw that paper. I didn't hear about that. Don't He's hang good her. that way. Don't yeah. hang her. Give her life in prison or something, but don't hang her. Because, again, back in the times of 1865, you don't hang women, you know. Yeah. You don't. And her daughter Anna went to him, tried to go to Johnson several yep. times, right. like, please don't do Plead this. Plead her case. Yeah. And, and five of the nine uh, of the judges, like we said, literally wrote the letter to Johnson. Johnson never says he never saw it, right? It was given to him two days before Mary was eventually hung. And uh, I believe his quote, he had a pretty good quote about it. Um, he claims to have never seen that because they slipped the paperwork in kind of a thing like, oh, just sign here, 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 and here, Mr. President. And then it's, you know, all of a sudden we're at war with Cuba or something. Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it was uh, – he says he never saw it, but then also kind of doubles down on it too by – I believe the quote was uh, – he says that she kept the nest that housed the egg. So – That's – Yeah. 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 It was uh, it was kind of tough on that one, um, and because of that, uh, 
we now, President Johnson had the distinction of signing the death warrant for uh, both her, Azeroth, Powell, and Harold. Um, and then the four of them are all hung in D.C. on uh, what they say is one of the hottest days of the year. Um, they did give Mary a chair. They, they are gentlemen. They let her sit down while she was we're not, waiting. We're not barbarians here. Um, but yeah, and I think she complained about the seat was uncomfortable. And he's like, like, honey, you don't know how it's not going to be for that long. Yeah, so exactly. don't worry about it. One of her last words actually was, uh, please don't let me fall or something and like that. And then they tripped her. No. <laughs> <laughs> well, she, um, she died quickly, they said. Um, and it the was, other guys uh, were swinging for like five minutes yeah. or something. When I read that, that was like, Twitching. oh. Yeah. It's, uh, I don't want that visual. If only they could invent a cleaner way to kill people using electricity, right, Dad? Yeah. There you go. <laughs> Simple, renewable energy. Right. The right. most messed up thing is they were selling tickets, and you had to have, like, special status to mm -hmm. get a ticket to watch this. Watch the execution. Hey, yeah. hang on. That's a that's big-time show. selling popcorn. It's pretty much, know? yeah, Merch. early pay-per-view. Merch. <laughs> <laughs> right. uh, Mary Surratt hung to death, and all I got was this lousy T-shirt. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, she was. Uh, uh, she luckily she went first, right? And they they talked about trying to clean her name up and stuff like that too. Uh, Anna went on to continue to try to you know plead her mother's innocence and stuff mm -hmm. like that. Not too much unlike um, you know the uh, 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 a lot of other people that got executed in American history, where your family kind of takes on uh, the the cleaning of your name here. Revisionist history. Doctor Mudd actually wound up down in Key West that he was sent to a. Uh, um, Obviously, it wasn't the nice, pleasant Key West we know it to be yeah. now. <laughs> Party um, yeah, I was like, I'll get sent but there. The, <laughs> really. the idea of Dr. Mudd uh, getting sent down there and then being like during Carnival or something, he's wearing a man thong, you know, shooting. <laughs> oh, my brain. gosh. Goes, yeah, I got involved with a conspiracy to kill the president, but it is what it is, yeah. right, guys? <laughs> um, but yeah, it, so again, this whole, we covered the conspiracy. Mary's kind of our boots on the ground. That It's through her eyes we kind of told the story here today. But you guys come away with a sense of... Do you feel bad for her? Are you like, oh, she got messed up with the wrong people? I think a little bit of both. Exactly. She definitely did get messed up with the wrong people. I think it's mainly her son that, like, because her son brought them all in. It's, uh, as your mom said earlier, not my boy. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> if her son didn't bring them in, then. Yeah, John Surratt Jr. too. I mean, he, true. Yeah. He, he skedaddles off to Canada. Yeah, and then leaves later, his mom to... Right. So I had a party and burned the house down, Mom. I'm out of here. <laughs> yeah, really. Yeah, later. Uh, and he um, then later goes off to uh, to Europe, actually serves as the, uh, the the pope, the papal guard. So, I mean, his yeah. deep religious connection still continues on. But while serving as a papal guard, the papal zoos, I think they were, uh, he gets ratted out or, or found out because he's under an assumed name at that point he eventually is extradited back to the united states and mm -hmm. serves a trial but a civil trial not a military tribunal That's, and it's yeah. a, and it's a hung jury type of a thing so he escapes with his life I mean, he he beats the rap if you will mm -hmm. um but uh you know he's certainly a, a bad guy but yeah i think you're you're probably right that it was you yeah. know her son's the one serving yeah. with the Confederacy in Texas and the other one uh, serving as the spy, that she was definitely involved. Absolutely. I think she got thrown under the bus a little yeah. bit too much. Like Certainly. She, she probably didn't do the right thing all the time. But, but if her only job in the whole thing was to get the weapons, like, you know what I mean? That's like the least of their... 
Well, her her she whole, kill anyone. what she kept yeah. saying during the she trial, was an accomplice, she not, yeah, the, yeah, not yeah, the, uh, yeah, Executor. I just dropped off a package. I had no idea it was in the right. package. That's yeah. not my job to know. I thought they were binoculars. Literally, that's right. what she thought she was dropping off. And one time it was. Binoculars. It was. <laughs> <laughs> It's you're a, spying, but you're not hurting anybody. I also wonder how much of that is just plausible deniability, where it's a uh, you know literally it's it's a a package wrapped in the shape of a giant Spencer yeah, rifle, yeah, and she's yeah. like, oh yeah, these are um, I don't know sticks. <laughs> but, but they also didn't they paint her as a villain because she had like beady eyes and a little like. She had a bitchy resting face. I yes, guess. correct. So, yeah, so they were like, ah, oh, look at her. As you can see from the pictures of her, uh, she is what uh, my friend uh, Rich McDonald would refer to as a, a handsome woman. <laughs> That's the last thing I ever want to be called. A handsome uh, woman. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But yeah, pretty much me in a wig is what Mary Surratt looks like. Uh, LP, do you have anything else you want to say on the way out? Um, yeah, just as a, a member of my generation here I who went through the – um, the Kennedy assassination. After the Kennedy assassination, about a year later, there was um, a list that went around that, you know, by today's standards, it would have gone viral. Um, we are teaching will. him so many things yeah. every week. See that? <laughs> See that? See that? How I'm, I'm coming up with you guys? All right. Um, but um, after the Kennedy assassination, there was a lot of coincidences that were put together as to far as comparing the Kennedy assassination with the Lincoln assassination. And I thought it was just interesting because, again, people who remember the day that Kennedy was shot, whether you were in middle school or whatever the case might be. Uh, actually, know. Uncle Paulie has a great story about that. I don't know if you know him. Uncle Paulie was a guest in the show. His story about the Kennedy assassination, he remembers exactly where he was. He was on a grassy knoll with a rifle in his hand. <laughs> <laughs> But he had some Jägermeister shots. He doesn't remember the thing. Right, right. He had a Uncle Polly Azarot. Right. Yeah, but both presidents were elected to Congress in 46. Both presidents were elected to the presidency in 60. Lincoln and Kennedy each had seven letters. Both were particularly concerned with civil rights. Both married in their 30s to women in their 20s. Both lost a son while living in the White House. Both were shot on a Friday. That was one of the things we didn't put out into the episode. Lincoln was shot on Good Friday and was buried on Easter Sunday. Oh, wow. Oh, <laughs> yeah. In, in Booth's defense, Lincoln was eating meat. <laughs> <laughs> he had chicken out. Hence the papal conspiracy that you shouldn't be eating meat on Friday. Yeah. All right. Um, both were shot on a Friday. Both were shot in the head. Both were shot in the presence of their wives. Lincoln's secretary, Kennedy, warned him not to go to the theater. Kennedy's secretary, Lincoln, warned him not to go to Dallas. Both were assassinated by Southerners. Both were succeeded by Southerners. Both successors were surnamed Johnson. Both successors were born in 08. Both assassins, John Wilkes Booth and Lee Harvey Oswald, were born in 39. Both assassins were known by their three names. Each assassin's name is composed of 15 letters. Booth ran from a theater and was caught in a warehouse. It was a, a tobacco barn. Oswald ran from a warehouse and was caught in a theater. And both oh. Oswald and uh, both Booth and Oswald were assassinated before their trials. And they both hung out with Kevin Bacon. <laughs> there you go. I was actually, I forget how I got into that the other week, day, but I read all of this. Me and my friends were like, randomly just looking uh, at it. Oh, it's trippy shit. Yeah. I know. Yeah. And we were all like, what the heck? Yeah, that, that, I don't get, like, I, I don't know, I, like, it can't, it can't correlate, but it does. That's what's weird. Yeah. Sometimes, that's the weirdest thing, too, is that uh, they say the reason why people get into conspiracy theories and stuff is because it makes 
people feel safer thinking that there's like a shadowy group of people pulling all the strings because yeah. when shit weirdly happens like this, it's the idea of chaos. It just, uh, yeah. it's more settling to think, no, 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 this is all according to some sort of a weird plan. Yeah. I but, love conspiracy. Yeah, and with that conspiracy thing, there's all, there's all kinds of speculation mm. with both the Kennedy and the Lincoln assassination. Nobody really knows for sure yeah. because the guys They're, that pulled yeah, both, the trigger exactly. were both, both got killed. killed before they yeah. went, to, went to trial. So, I mean, there was all kinds of theories that, all right, yeah, uh, one was Andrew Johnson was involved. So, Vice President Johnson only mm -hmm. came into office as vice president in March. Yeah. And now there was a conspiracy that he was the guy. He had Southern sympathies himself. He was mm -hmm. a Southerner himself. So, was it was it Johnson who was part of the conspiracy? Uh, um Ming, I tried to end the episode 10 minutes ago. Now, he's, he put his tinfoil hat on and he's just taking us somewhere at this point. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, I like um, this. They were learning. Now, was it from John Wilkes Booth? Was it uh, a result of a Confederate plot that Jefferson Davis really kind of ordered this whole thing? Mm -hmm. um, um, was it an assassination attempt or a conspiracy by powerful international bankers, northern bankers, because they were losing money because of Lincoln's embargo on southern cotton? that there was a lot of financial uh, people that were really not Lincoln supporters type of thing. Weird, too, that how many Confederate sympathizers lived in New York City. That yeah. Tammany Hall was pretty on board with the Confederacy. Wow. Big time. Um, there was also a Roman Catholic Church conspiracy that, uh, you know, so many of the key players in in Booth's uh, posse, if you will, yeah. um, were, were bead mumblers. <laughs> yeah. Were bead mumblers. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Um, and Sorry, then, Bobby Burke. Uh, another uh, uh, thing, another theory was Edward Stanton, who the guy who kind of took charge of the whole trial and everything else. That maybe he was rushing things along because he didn't want to be found out. Um, oh. And uh, this, in fact, this affected uh, Northerners were behind uh, Lincoln. I mean, there's all kinds of conspiracies. Yeah. Just as there's a bazillion different conspiracies, even the who shot. Uh, uh, Kennedy, yeah. you know, was it the mob? Was it uh, the labor? Who the heck knows? And to those who don't believe in conspiracy theories, the United States itself is a it's conspiracy theory. It's a conspiracy. There you go. Bigger every day. That, that was awesome, LP. Thank you for that. Yeah, I didn't want to. Uh, you did a lot of homework. Yeah, you did. We did a lot of homework. Yeah. Good stuff as always. Also, good stuff as always. Uh, the cousins coming through. Absolutely. Right. We love to come. It's yeah, a no, fun it's time. Fun. You guys are good to go that <laughs> way. Also, we don't have to time. worry about you trying to plug other shows and stuff on here. Too. <laughs> 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 they got nothing. Guys, nothing anything going you want to say life. on the way out? Or? I'm happy for you. You're heading back down to Virginia. Yes. See what happens. Yeah, I'll yeah. see you in about three weeks. Yep. When, stay when safe, kiddo. Yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> um, I'll keep her room back. clean. Exactly. Yeah. Keep her bed warm. And uh, Megs, I'll see you in spin class. I got a bike in my foyer, man. It's the way to do it, to be honest. Uh, and then Ming, thank you so much for your time on this one here. This is, uh, I actually wanted to announce something real quick. We're going to do this. Uh, this is our last episode, our last regular episode with guests. You guys are the final guests. Um, oh, for wow. the, this, we're, we're changing up a little bit of the, the format of the show moving forward. Uh, all good stuff. We're still going to put out all the regular stuff that everybody's come to love. Also want to plug real quickly, if you guys dig the free weekly episodes uh, for just $5 a month, uh, you can actually get onto our Patreon. It's just one $5 donation. You get all sorts of access to the bonus episodes we've been doing. Our most recent one on Huey Long is getting 
we, it has been called our masterpiece. So I'm pretty, <laughs> I have to pony up pretty happy about that one. It is uh, for the cost of one large uh, cold brew at Dunkin' Donuts. Yeah, literally. You yeah. can help uh, support us here. It also it allows me to keep buying Ming's friendship slowly but surely <laughs> over the right. years. He does want to come to the wedding. He may be easy, but he's not cheap. We are friends now. The first year, I definitely had to buy the friendship. I think the second year, as we're coming up on the second year of Loser, by the way, wow. uh, end of August will be two years of this wow. show, um, which I love doing. I love having family on. So thank you guys guys very much for coming on here. Thank you to Mike and Ming, always taking great care of us here. Uh, Kahuna, whenever you get out of uh, the emergency room, wherever it is or you jail are. jail or wherever, wherever you are. A women's prison. Uh, acquitted. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, Lawrence Patrick, uh, thank you so much. Uh, this pleasure. was absolutely awesome. Guys, check us out at American Loser Podcast on Instagram, American Loser over on Facebook. The YouTube channel is going to be up and running. We have our first interview with uh, one of my favorite comics and my good buddy Mike Cannon. It's going to be coming up in the next couple of weeks. And uh, we're excited about that one. Guys, stay tuned here. We got a lot of stuff coming on. But that was Mary Surratt, American Loser. An American Loser the day I was born. An American Loser the day I was born. An American Loser the day I was born.